You're listening to the Product Podcast from Product School, featuring the best product leaders from Silicon Valley and beyond. If you're an aspiring product manager looking for your first PM role or an experienced PM looking to level up your skills and advance your career, visit productschool.com to learn about our certificate courses and how we'll get you there. This episode is brought to you by ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company building a more fact-driven world with consumer-grade search and AI-driven analytics. With ThoughtSpot everywhere, you can embed a highly interactive analytics experience into your data app and take your user adoption to the next level. Learn more and try ThoughtSpot for free today by visiting thoughtspot.com slash everywhere. In today's episode, Jason Mueller, a senior PM at Nike, is here to talk about product strategy and how you can use it to achieve clarity and focus so that you can get to shipping truly great products. With a bit of discipline in Jason's frameworks, you and your team will be improving your products in no time. Hello, everyone. My name is Jason Mueller, and I'm a senior product manager at Nike, and I'm here to talk about product strategy and how it can help you and your team achieve the clarity and focus needed to ship great products. So a bit about me uh, and my background. I work in our core commerce group, where we build the products that power our global direct-to-consumer business through all digital and physical retail touchpoints. My team and I specialize in product customization experiences like Nike by You, where we provide our users with the ability to design their very own pair of Nike sneakers and have them delivered to their door in two-ish weeks or less. I've held roles in marketing, sales, and prior to working in product, I led a team of quality engineers. Outside of my professional experience, I was also a collegiate track and cross-country coach for seven years, which allowed me to gain incredible insight into goal setting, thinking about the big picture, and building a winning team culture. To that point, before digging into the problem and solution space, let's discuss the goals of our topic. Who is this webinar for? So the presentation is for product managers at all levels, uh, from those breaking in, looking to break into the space to seasoned vets looking for better ways to manage their ever-increasing workload. Everyone can benefit from understanding product strategy. What will you learn? As many of you have experienced or read about, the role of, pro- of the product manager can be incredibly challenging. I'm here to discuss why it's essential to have a well-defined strategy. I'll provide a framework to help you create your own strategy and objective-based roadmap. And then I'll cover the importance of aligning your stakeholders and your partners to your product goals. At the end of this 20-minute webinar, with a bit of upfront work from you as the product manager, you too will be able to create clarity and focus for you and your team. And hopefully, this will result in greater autonomy and the runway you need to discover, build, and ship great products. So what is strategy? The simplest definition I could find was a plan of action designed to achieve a long-term or overall aim. Two areas I wanna highlight are long-term and overall aim. Both are subjective and defined by the individual or company, but are very much in line with a desirable future state. Perhaps that's becoming a dominant force in the market or substantially improving the lives of a certain segment of people. Either way, there's almost this noble pursuit towards the future. And that's why we're all interested in building products, right? We wanna make a huge impact and we wanna help our customers and business reach their potential. So I get really surprised when I ask many PMs within the community, what's your product strategy? I get a variety of of, of really interesting answers, but some of the more more typical ones I'll hear are, um, we're looking to increase X metrics such as acquisition or engagement 
maybe maybe a revenue goal, or maybe we're building just simply building a new feature for our sales team to land a new account or client, or perhaps even we're just here to deliver a 12-month roadmap uh, as agreed upon by our leaders. And to be clear, none of these answers are inherently wrong in isolation, but they're not your product strategy alone. And at best, they're just measurements of success or potentially a piece of a plan, but in no way are they a clear representation of an overall strategy. Moreover, focusing on deliverables that lack strategic understanding can have significant unintended consequences. Some some of those include, uh, you kind of just become known as the build team that simply delivers what others are asking for. And there's nothing wrong with being a good partner, but if you're just building to appease others without considering why, you're setting yourself, your team, and your company up for failure. The build team also becomes inundated with outside requests that rarely align with current work streams, and that just creates this continuous wave of intake meetings for you and your team. And this type of behavior, it it just, it leads to delivery cycle, it leads to chaotic delivery cycles with consistent interruptions, priority shifts, and death marches to critical dates that end up killing team morale and compromising the long-term quality of your product. And despite all the team's heroic efforts, this type of environment rarely results in success in the market. And in becoming consumed with managing intake and delivery, you end up missing key discovery opportunities needed to build the right product in the first place. So if this sounds familiar or terrifying for future PMs, the good news is it doesn't always have to be this way, but we have to take a more active approach to understand our space and where we need to go in the future. And this is where you as a PM can shine by creating an upfront strategy and gain the necessary buy-in and then leverage your delivery cycles as an opportunity to learn what will ultimately be successful in the market. But to do that, we have to be more strategic. So how do we as PMs take a different approach? I like to use a simple framework that grounds me in every enhancement we do. It allows me to think outside of the walls of day-to-day delivery and consistently audit my perception of what's important. For lack of a better name, I'm gonna call it the Trinity of product strategy and we'll focus on the customer, business, and our vision for the future. So let's start with customers. It sounds basic, but you have to know who your users are, what motivates them, and the problems they have that your product can solve. Who they are and what and what are their needs. If you don't know the answer to this question, you're likely just a build team and guessing as to what will be successful in the market. Ideally, you're talking to your customers regular, regularly, but you can also use UX research, analytics platforms, and talk with other teams within your organization who are possibly closer to the customer to better understand their needs. Regardless, this type of discovery and understanding is paramount to creating a successful strategy and great PMs are always looking for ways to know their customers better. So your business. Obviously, it's important to know how your company makes money, but you're really looking to understand how your product solves a core problem for your users in a way that is meaningful for your business. Are you part of the team that provides a free app that sells ads? Maybe you're part of a freemium model that is focused on converting users into paid customers, or perhaps you're an enterprise PM on a product that targets big clients and requires long sales cycles. Understanding your relationship with the business will help you to find the right product, enhancements, and strategy 
that will maximize both customer and business value. In addition, you'll also gain an appreciation and empathy for your cross-functional partners, and that'll allow you to have a more meaningful relationship with them in the future. And we'll talk about why that's important a little bit later. So you understand your users and how to drive your business. The question is, where do you want to be in the future? For most PMs, the future is really one to two years, but the further you grow in your career, the longer that horizon becomes. It's critical for you to have this future vision as it provides a couple of key benefits. First of all, it's just a great prioritization tool when you're trying to determine if and when you should do specific work. And then my favorite is it just is the excitement it can create for your team and organization. Most people are uninspired by short-term efforts like sprint commitments and minor enhancements, but they get really passionate about future possibilities. By creating this future vision and continuously connecting today's efforts, you're giving people's work purpose. And in a role where you can only lead by influence, a strong vision can be your team's North Star. So recapping the Trinity, we're obsessed with our customers' needs. We know how to move the needle from a business perspective. And now we know where we, want to, where we need to be in the future. So at this point, our strategy just becomes our plan to accelerate where we are today to that future vision. And that's what we signed up to. And that's why we signed up to work in product. And we're willing to analyze mountains of data, opportunity requests, and business reports. It's time for us to create the strategy that drives our future business goals. So let's talk a little bit about how we, how we take that strategy and break it down into executable chunks. There are plenty of ways to do this. I like using objectives and key results or just OKRs. I use this framework because it allows you to focus on a brief problem statement and specify how success will be measured. They're usually larger themes that take three to 24 months to complete. And typically we'll focus on three to five objectives within any given quarter, which spreads out the risk of only working on one single losing proposition, uh, but also minimizes the amount of context switching needed to make meaningful progress. So anyway, let's go through some sample product objectives that a, uh, that a PM could work on. We'll start with big bets. Uh, let's assume through market research and user testing, you've identified a huge opportunity to build a large new feature or platform enhancement, and you and your team are convinced it will significantly increase your core metric or serve a whole new segment of customers. Sounds like something any PM should be working on. Another way that you could, another objective you could do that would add a ton of value is optimization. And in this instance, we have to acknowledge that our current experience is not performing up to expectations, but we believe we can optimize the existing product and increase our core and secondary KPIs. I've seen a lot of value left on the table as a PM, and I can definitely speak to the fact that we almost never get it 100% right on our initial launch. So my advice is to take advantage of modern best practices to learn, iterate, and tune the best possible solution for your users and business. This episode is brought to you by ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company building a more fact-driven world with consumer-grade search and AI-driven analytics. Build stickier product experiences by embedding ThoughtSpot Everywhere's interactive analytics interface directly into your data app or product. No more delayed release cycles or incremental UX improvements. ThoughtSpot Everywhere's developer-friendly platform replaces static dashboards with an interactive data experience in minutes, allowing users to intuitively dig into their data and trigger actions in their favorite business apps. 
Learn more and try ThoughtSpot for free today by visiting thoughtspot.com everywhere. Scaling. There's a lot of glamour associated with building a beautiful user experience or running dozens of multivariate experiments within a quarter. But in the real world, scale is an incredibly hard to copy advantage. And you as a strategic product manager should always be looking for new opportunities to increase your addressable market size. So whether it's entering the native mobile space or expanding to new parts of the globe, scale objectives offer you the opportunity to delight more users and grow your business impact in the process. Similarly, again, features and functionality get all the love, but PMs should also look at ways to reduce the overhead required to deliver value for your end users. So maybe we're looking to improve the top of the funnel marketing performance or internal tools for managing site content or inventory. Those can play a pivotal role in hitting that future state faster. But to be clear, your objectives just need to be very specific to the needs of your particular customers in your business. Startup environments and enterprise SaaS solutions will have different goals as well as constraints. So it's your job to tailor your approach accordingly. So at this point, one of the complaints I I hear with this proposed model usually is, how do I align my partners to the timeline and plan delivery cycles around objectives and key results? Um, In other words, how do we convert this information potentially into a roadmap? I could spend another 30 minutes on the overall effectiveness of roadmaps, uh, but unfortunately for many PMs, They are an important artifact for your organization. The biggest problem with them though, is they tend to be output versus outcome focused, but you can use this fact as an opportunity to connect your quarterly deliverables to your larger strategic objectives. So let's take a look at what uh, an objective-based quarterly roadmap might look like. So typically when you present a roadmap to your partners and stakeholders, they'll focus on what and when. But by leveraging your objectives as the starting point, you create this sense of why you're choosing a specific path and how that rolls up to your future vision. You can then go on to describe what they are and most importantly, the key result your team is responsible for driving. And if you can align teams and partners to the result, the how and when are much more flexible. So we're building a plan around desired outcomes versus just building outputs. In terms of the general timeline, I typically use quarters or six-month increments because it gives your team more time to account for unknowns. There are always unknowns, and it gives us time to optimize based on the learnings we get after the initial launch. So let's talk about how previous our previous objectives would play out over the course of a typical 12-month roadmap. So back to solving that big user problem. So we've established what and why and how we'll measure success We could then just simply say, hey, it'll be delivered in Q4. However, in this instance, it's worth calling out, we think we'll have something ready for a pilot in Q2. And by sharing this information, it can provide opportunities for your marketing and customer support teams that could help their plans and potentially provide you with a set of reference customers or early adopters to provide feedback on your initial release. Just note that regardless of how you leverage this opportunity, We bake time into our process to optimize and appropriately scale a winning solution over our 12-month period. Jumping on to our optimize an existing experience objective, 
As we look to optimize, it's important to call out the expected result. It's even better if you can tie it directly to business impact, such as revenue. As we've discussed, most people tend to gravitate to the shiny new thing, but if you can provide a financial incentive, they'll be much more supportive of improving the current product or platform. Also worth noting in our roadmap in Q1, uh, we've called out user experience research to determine why the current metrics are lagging. You as a PM should look for opportunities to complement quantitative insights with qualitative feedback. It can save you a ton of time in the long run. Either way, we'll apply those learnings in Q2 when we look to improve our core metric and in Q3 when we turn our focus to our secondary metrics. So looking at our scale objective, in this case, I've listed specific countries but scale, scale is really highly subjective. So just be sure to think about what it can mean for your product or your business. But for this example, we're looking to expand to Germany and France. But first, we need to tackle some technical debt in our current experience. Tech debt and technical investments can be highly debated topics among stakeholders, and it can make it really difficult to prioritize this type of work on its own. But if you can tie it to the ability to unlock something else like scale or speed to market, your business partners are gonna be much more likely to agree. Either way, in this case, it's a prerequisite that we must complete in Q1 to complete our overall scale objectives for Germany in Q2, and then when we apply those learnings to launch in France in Q4. So lastly, we're gonna to look to tackle operational overhead. And in this instance, that's gonna result in a reduced time to publish and launch new experiences. And it's also going to be a dependency for our scaling objective. So we would need to focus on that in Q1. And this is another example where a seemingly unexciting objective, um, just reducing overhead, can pay big dividends for your organization. And you, as the strategic product manager, are able to properly articulate the value because you understand how the business benefits and you're focused on your vision. And that's a look at how you can create your very own objective-based roadmap and provide a window into the work your team is planning, the value it will result in, and a rough estimate about when your stakeholders could expect to benefit from the work. So we're pretty much done here, right? Unfortunately, it's not quite that easy. If you've ever heard the phrase evangelizing your product, mission, and vision, that's the final piece of the puzzle. Your stakeholders and your partners will differ. Some examples are marketing, sales, business development, design, engineering, customer support, and just various, perhaps other product partners. Um, it's on you as the product manager to proactively form relationships with all of these people and teams. You're going to want to set up time with each of them. You're going to share your findings of your target from your research of your target customers, the impact you think you can make on the business, and really where you believe the product needs to go to power that future state. And this is where the magic happens. You'll get more insight into what other teams are doing and form partnerships that'll be invaluable in your team's future success. You'll likely uncover new and possible, possibly bigger opportunities. And one of the side effects of this type of approach is it helps others make upfront prioritization decisions for you. If they know you're working on mission critical problems, they'll be much less likely to come to you with lower value requests. Either way, you're properly vetting your strategy, you're building relationships, and creating the potential runway you and your team will need to succeed. So before we finish, I do wanna put a disclaimer out there. I don't want anyone coming away from this webinar mentioning that 
Jason said, if we had a well-defined product strategy, things will be easy. That's definitely not the case. It's still a very challenging role with new information and problems that pop up daily. So it'll never be perfect or easy, but if you take the time to understand your customers, how your business benefits from serving them and where you wanna be in the future, then you go on to create a set of objectives with measurable results that get you closer to that future state and you communicate your strategy to gain alignment from your stakeholders and partners, at the very least, you'll have clarity and focus for your team to solve the most meaningful problems. And on that note, I want to thank everyone who took the time to listen. Hopefully you found the topic interesting. I also want to thank the great product leaders and my teammates at Nike who have taught me a lot of the information that I've presented and allowed me to sharpen my skills over the years. If you have feedback, thoughts, or follow-up questions, or just want to connect, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn or email. And lastly, special thanks to Product School for the opportunity. And good luck to all those listening, no matter where you are in your product journey. And remember, beyond just building things, it's on you to create that clarity and focus to power your team's success. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Product Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Taking the time to write just a few sentences about what you love most about the show will help us improve it and reach even more product people around the world. And when you're done, why not reward yourself with some free product management content and resources over at productschool.com. Until next time, stay product-led.